Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, October 1st, 2021, episode number 201. 201 on 10-1. How about that? In 2021. What? Wow. Yeah. A lot of twos. Yep. A lot of zeros. A lot of of numbers. A lot of ones. All those uh, 201 episodes, dude. Did you, hey, did you did you get some good feedback about 200? Yeah, dude, I got a lot of great feedback about 200. Dude. How about you, man? A lot of couple people reach out. It, it was it was pretty cool. Yeah, not not many many people saw the video except for our patrons, which is cool. We're gonna put that out this week for you folks at home that aren't our patrons. But uh, if you want to get all the extra special content, join us on Patreon. But yeah, no, a lot of people hit us up. Uh, Graham's comment was, "In what other sport?" Can you talk to number one and number two in the world one week before their championship race? I That's mean, crazy. You think about all all other motor racing, you know, I, and they they were so relaxed. And I just I had dinner with Graham tonight, and she said they're so relaxed. They didn't have the race face on. They were themselves, and that I think that's why we did it last week. So yeah. they weren't already amped up about the race. And and no, I, I appreciate Jared and Briar taking the time to talk to us. It means a ton that they took the time, man, and that's those interviews were exactly what I'd hoped they'd be, man. Just like you said, man, down uh, down to earth, like real under the helmet type of like outside of the racetrack type of deal. So I uh, always love yep. to get that and to hear what they're thinking, you know, a couple weeks out from that championship fight, man, because it is. It's It seems like game on now. You're looking at the social stuff. Uh, AFT right. is already starting to hype it up. Uh, Briar and and, and uh, Jared both are starting to turn into game mode, and uh, it's on, man. There's two more uh, two more classes that still have to be figured out in the championship battles. Um, singles is a little bit more locked up, probably, but it's still not out of the out of the question, right? Still not mathematically out of the realm of right. possibilities. It's, it's it's not locked up yet. You have to have at least a 25 point advantage or more to lock up the championship going into the last round. Right now it's 20 points between Dallas and Max. Uh, Dallas, I'm pretty sure, has a provisional in case he doesn't make the main, so he'll be in the main event. Unless he gets hurt or unless something catastrophic happens, he'll be in the main event. So then it's going to be up to Max to win, and hopefully something goes wrong with Dallas. And I know Max and Dallas are friends, so I don't think he wants that to happen. It's just, you know, it is what it is. We got this far, and the the championship will decide it on a Friday night in Charlotte. Uh, I do have some nuggets to talk about for Charlotte before we move into the rest of the uh, podcast. We want to get into those before we talk to our guests. You know I always love the Hollywood Nuggets. Hit me. The Hollywood Nuggets. So the last time we were there was last year. We only raced once. It was supposed to be a two-day show. Mother Nature put a damper on that. They went 39 laps last year. 39. That's that's a lot. You wow. know, most of our flat track races when I was growing up were always 25. We did a special one-off 50 lap at Decoin, Illinois. We had a pit stop. So 39 was a lot. It was a long race. Yes, there was a red flag. Uh, the two that were battling for the lead most of the race, Jared and Breyer, they were duking it out so hard. Jeffrey Carver went around both of them, passed them, and got the win when he was riding actually on the Happy Trails racing DPC Brian Bigelow bike. So uh, that was Carver's last win. I think anybody can win it. Uh, also, I have a breakdown of the points because a lot of people ask me this question. Um, it pays 25 points to win each Grand National. It's 20 points for second. And then you go down to 17 for third, 15 for fourth, and then it goes down one at a time from there on back. So the biggest advantage, you know, like if Briar or Jared wins the race, no matter what, they're going to win the championship. Right. Because it's four points. So my dad's actually building me a cheat sheet right now. So I'll try to have that in my back pocket. I know AFT doesn't usually like me talking about it, 
I think that's the story going into Charlotte. You know, who's going to win this championship? You know, Briars led the points almost the entire year. JD led it early on after he won at Atlanta. But, uh, you know, Briars been in charge. Now Jared has a four-point advantage. So it's good. it's coming down to the wire, and that's what we want. Yeah, absolutely, man. I did not expect it to be this close. I mean, I, I you know, those four miles, I mean, we even looked back and I said, you know, he could run the, run the rails on these four miles and, and win them all. But I didn't really think uh, he would have a four-point four lead. Uh, going into the last right. round so uh, it'll be interesting to see man and, and like I said like I've said before and said last episode whoever wins this one deserves the hell out of this championship dude because it's been yep. it's been a nice little battle here towards the end and like you said that's exactly what you want to see when you come down to the wire there at the end absolutely so in this year uh, the reason we went so many laps is we went a lot longer race it was 12 minutes plus two laps this year it is 10 minutes plus two laps which is still gonna be plenty of racing uh, we don't want to get too spread out and be boring. So it's uh, 10 minutes plus two laps. Also, Scotty Taylor reached out to both of us, actually. We got him hooked up with AFT, and they're going to do a tribute, kind of mention Will Davis. The late Will Davis passed away. He was number 21. So on the 21st lap of all three AFT main events, they're going to give out $210 to one, a 21 again, $210 to the leader of the 21st lap of all three AFT main events, and that's to honor the late will davis that's good stuff maybe maybe we can uh, get a second with scotty and kind of talk about that i know he's a huge will davis fan and um really cool thing he's given what 210 for every in ride. three classes so it's 630 dollars. i don't know if it's his money i don't know where he drummed up the money but it was his idea he got with cole davis which is a uh, will son i think uh i think uh, cole's mom's going to be there too at the races uh, i don't know if you know this but they have a little monument out in front of charlotte motor speedway with uh it's like a, a sculpture of his face and it's, oh, wow. it's or maybe it's his number plate i can't remember but we'll have to go check that out too because oh, yeah. it's really special yeah absolutely yeah, really that's special. super cool man and anytime you can uh figure out a reason or a way to get riders more money uh you know you and i are always for that so Heck yeah um yep. super yep. cool deal and uh yeah man uh will davis obviously it was well before my time but i've definitely heard stories from all kinds of folks about how badass he was so do you know do you know what his nickname was no on the spot i knew the, i knew the jeopardy music willie winkin winkin will davis winkin will he, why he, he would do a wink at every interview really that's yep, that, i don't i don't know who gave him the nickname i don't know but that's that winkin will winkin will davis yeah that's pretty funny um Gone too soon that's good stuff uh yeah well that, that'll definitely be cool man uh we're getting winded down here at a couple about a little over a week left before that last race and uh tensions are getting high man you want to get into this week's interview or you got something else the only other thing i got is this week's interview this is where she made her first aft main event Ooh. oh you're right that is right look dude. at that how'd that work out In so swell 2017 oh i think it might have been before that i don't have my notes right here but now you put me on the spot Ooh. Man, I think you might be right. Were you there? You were I was, there, right? I was there. 2016 or 17. It was one of those because I was producing. I mm -hmm. It's 2017. Are you sure? No. Nope. 2016. Ooh, is it really? July third, July 30th, 2016. So yeah, Charlotte was her first race, and uh, we haven't seen her for a while. But she's bad, been back on the hot, on the flat track scene uh, here in the past few weeks. Uh, so I figured we might be good to kind of catch up with her and see what the heck she's got going on here lately. I, you say you keep saying she and her. Um, you must be talking about Morgan Monroe. Yes, sir, I am. Mm -hmm. 
joining us on the podcast, number 10J. That's how I know where it's Morgan Monroe. Morgan, what's happening? Hi, Scotty. It's so good to talk to you. It's good to talk to you. I've, I've been seeing a lot of you all over social media, and I want to get into that here in a little bit. But, uh, man, I just don't even remember the last time I saw you. When, when was the last time I saw you? I think it was um, Springfield, the second Springfield in 2017. I think I talked to you up in the booth during the uh, short track. Oh, or maybe yeah. During the, um, during the amateur day. Okay. Right on. You been doing all right? Everything good? Yep, doing good. I got done with school this spring, um, and then we've just been working on Morgan's Place, just trying to um, get the word out. Get We got the website all up, the social media pages and everything, and so now we're just working on going to events and um, making connections and getting the, getting the word out to people. That is awesome. Before we talk a little bit more about Morgan's Place, let's get to know you a little bit more so people get an understanding of who you are, how much of a badass you were on a motorcycle, and they understand exactly what Morgan's Place is all about. So I'm going to start off. Let's go all the way back. Where were you born? I was born in Illinois, um, June 29th, 1999, probably, I think, about 8.30 p.m. or so. Yeah. I yeah, I, like I didn't know yeah. you're from Illinois. I thought you're, I, I thought you're from Michigan for some reason. Why did I think that? Well, I've I've been in Michigan since I was 16. 2015, my parents and uh, my brother and I moved up here, but uh, my family is actually from South Central Illinois. Okay, what's it like growing up in Illinois? Um, well, I only lived there for a little while. We moved to Northwest Indiana when I was in second grade. So um, I don't remember a whole lot about living in Illinois, but I always like going back and seeing family. Well, tell me about Indiana then. I didn't know you lived there at all. (laughs) Yep, I lived there until I was 16, and um, I liked Indiana. We had a cute little town uh, that I grew up in. Um, I had a really cool friend group. We all just kind of ran around town and, you know, kind of did whatever we wanted, had fun, you know, had school, right? We all met at school or whatever, and um, I only got to hang out with them right up until I got my driver's license, and then I was in Michigan, so it was okay. a lot of ride about riding bicycles and scooters around town for a lot of years. That's cool. So how did you get into motorcycles? I got into motorcycles um, from my dad, actually. He was a, he was an amateur racer. I They got me, my parents got me a bike when I was, I think, four or five years old, and um, they taught, they taught me how to ride at central Illinois motorcycle club in Neoga, Illinois. So, mm. um, that is quite literally my home track. I learned how to ride a dirt bike there and everything. Uh, that track is awesome. I've only, I think I've only raced there once or twice and I don't even think I had a front brake set up. I think it's because Springfield got rained out and we just, we all jumped in a, a van caravan and went on over there. That is a very fast track <laughs> yep. to learn how to ride on. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a very fast track, and it seems like as the years go on, it just gets faster and faster. Um, the the oil that they put down on the track and the way that they prep it, it's just usually pretty smooth, and it's always very fast. So it's really cool. But yeah, I got to learn how to ride a dirt bike there with my dad, and I think his best friend was there too at the time, and um, and then just grew up, just start, you know, kept riding bigger bikes and bigger bikes, and. Um, I actually raced there for the first, my first race in about four years since I, since I retired. (laughs) 
uh, early age retirement. Um, yeah. I got to race there again on Labor Day weekend, and uh, I, I wasn't really sure what to expect because I hadn't really been on a, um, you know, hadn't been on a flat track or rode my 450 except for on the ice and a long time. So I surprised myself a little bit, but I um, I had I had a good time getting out there. I rode in the open class, and I ended up getting third. So I was pretty stoked wow. about that. Wow. How, how did how did it feel to be back at home? That's your home track on a 450. Tell me how that felt. It's always my favorite. We, we always have the whole family and friends up there and our pit area is big. We always have a few campers, my aunt and uncle and um, brought their camper up there because my cousin Tyler was racing. And so we were we had a big pit area set up and whole you know, the whole family, it seems like, and it's just always nice to be there racing and doing what, doing what we love and, uh, where, where everybody, all the family's there. It's always nice to have everybody around. You know, that's, that's one thing that I remember about you is, is when I went to the Steve Nace races, it seemed like your mom probably did sign up. She was up in the tower doing scoring. Your dad's around helping out at, you know, staging or whatever Steve needed him there. And your brother Ace is always along, you know, helping out. So, the whole family was behind you, um, and that's what our sport's all about. Yep, I always had my family there every step of the way. Um, it was always really cool when when we'd go to Steve Nace races because I always knew that my mom and my brother had a good spot to watch, and um, you know, my dad was always there to always there to seem like pick me up when I needed it or start my bike when I would kill it and everything in between. So it was it's always very cool to to know that I had that I had all my people there with me. How old were you? Do you remember exactly how old you were when you when you first raced a, a flat track bike? I think I was um, my very first race. I'm pretty sure I was seven years old, and it was at one of the indoor um, Ducoin short tracks. Cool. So my very first race was a Steve Nace race too. That's awesome. So do you have a favorite memory as an amateur? Favorite memory as an amateur would probably um, one that always comes to the top of my head when I think of amateur racing would be um, at Bucyrus Half Mile in 2014, I think. Um, all the races in a huge radius around there, Michigan, Indiana, everywhere, I think, was rained out for that weekend. And I'm pretty sure it rained at Bucyrus that weekend, too. I think, Scotty, you were there. I think it was maybe an all-star race or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And there was a huge turnout, and we all waited out the rain a little bit. And um, But the track came in. I can't remember if it was rough or what was going on. And I always had trouble on uh, limestone half miles. I always had trouble on the cushion. Um, so that was my first win um, on a you know on a cushion half mile against some pretty steep competition i remember um i remember uh drew hart and jeremiah duffy being in the class and so they were they were half milers so it was always a pretty cool pretty cool thing for me to get the win on that on them that day how how cool is it like when when you pull up you know onto a podium you take your helmet off everybody gets to see that you're a, a female racer out there beating all the boys and the crowd always erupted whenever you got to, you know, when you came on the podium, whether it was for opening ceremonies or, or a winning interview or whatever it was, 
the crowd always seemed to get right behind you. How, how, how did that make you feel? That's a real, it's a really good feeling. I always, I always like to watch, you know, old uh, videos that people would take from the stands or um, even, I could always even hear people, especially I'll never forget my first race at um, Charlotte when they walked us all out or uh, got us all ready and stuff. I'll never forget the, um, just being able to hear all the support that I have from, from people that I don't even know. And, you know, don't really even know me. They just see me on the track. So it's cool to have people that support you um, without even really knowing you. And then I've seen that with Morgan's place, you know, now too, people that, people that don't know me, just know me from the races, but they want to support me in any way they can. So that's just, I think that's a big thing that, um, that speaks volumes for the flat track community itself, I would say. Absolutely. Let's talk about Charlotte, uh, 2016. Uh, how hard was the decision for you to turn pro? It, um, the decision wasn't really very hard. I, I, I really felt ready. I felt ready to get on the big, fast half miles. Um, that was, those were always my favorite, especially, um, you know, cause you don't get to race big, fast dirt half miles like that on, as an amateur. So I was really looking forward to right ra- ra- racing those, um, in the pro circuit, getting to ride on those more. And then, um, I was looking forward to learning how to ride miles too. I was, so, um, so it was more of just being excited about it instead of wondering, you know, what should I, should I not? I felt, I felt ready. I had a good team behind me and I felt like I was really gaining experience at the time. So I was just gonna, we were, you know, I turned pro and we had plans on learning as we went until, until we, uh, you know, just, just, you know, keep going, I guess. So let's talk about that day. Uh, I mean, I, I, I can remember it like it was yesterday and there's some races that I can't remember where I was or, or what happened, but I remember your first day as a pro. It was, it was, it was special because you were fast right out of the box. You qualified 26th. You got fifth in your heat race behind some really fast guys like, you know, Dalton Gauthier, Kevin Stallings, Ryan Varnes and Morgan Mister. I mean, some fast guys, you know, but you were right there with mm-hmm. them. Then you get third in your semi behind Cameron Smith, Jameson minor, uh, you make your first main event and your first attempt. I remember they actually interviewed you when you came off the racetrack and, and I don't know who was more excited. Who, who do you think was more excited? Was it you? Was it your dad, your mom? Was it ACE, your brother, or what, was it somebody else? Man, I don't, honestly, I think, I think if you could have put all of our excitement into a bottle, it would have just exploded and went to the sun because we were on cloud nine. You know, I mean, I had, and and it was and it was so it's so funny to like think about too because you know granted it was my first pro race but I was in the I was in that semi and I had a close race with Kyle McGrain that day and we were racing for the very last spot in the main and, and I you know I got that 18th starting spot and it was like oh my gosh no I can't <laughs> believe it like it was it was just it was the it was the coolest the coolest feeling for sure. So 14th in the main event, your first main event, um, were you happy with that result or was it just, you know, was it just the best you could do that day or, or what, what were your thoughts after the race? Oh, I was stoked. I was still thinking about how I made the main. I wasn't even really (laughs) so worried about being, you know, I was, I was excited that I got to be a part of the, of the, you know, the show. I was, I was excited to 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 make it felt like i made it you know i was like man this is my first race and i'm i'm actually i'm out here running with these guys you know i've i i grew up racing with a lot of them 
you know, because I was 17 when I went pro. So a lot of the guys I had been racing with since I was a kid had already been pro. So I, you know, I, I would think about racing with them at amateur nationals or just district races and then, and then getting to see them in the pro, in the pro ranks and how, the, how well they were doing. And then to be able to, you know, run with them when I turned pro, it was, it was an awesome feeling. Were there awesome any other feeling. races, any other races in 2016 before your injury that, that stick out that you'd like to talk about? Um, New York half mile when I won the semi, that was pretty sick too. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so was, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I, I see the picture a lot from when I, when they, um, pulled me aside after I won the semi, took my helmet off, interviewed me a little bit. And I always like that picture cause you can just tell how excited I am and how, um, you know, just how happy I was. It was, that was such a cool feeling. Absolutely. What's it like? You know, I, I know some people don't like the rider introductions and, and the whole walking the bikes out process. But as a former rider, that was one of my favorite parts. Even before you put the helmet on, you're already pumped up. And then, uh, you know, when I call out your name and you're sponsored in your hometown, stuff like that, and the crowd makes some noise. What it, what did that feel like to you as a rider? Did you like that part of the show? Yeah, man, I feel like that's what everybody does it for. It's like, you know, you made the main, you're ready to go out there and fight for, you know, the best place that you can do. And, and right before it's a personal moment, we're going to call you out by name, tell people where you're from and they get to put a face with the, with the rider number. And I think that's, I think it's cool. That's my favorite. That's my favorite too. I mean, it's it, my, my second favorite, <laughs> a close second favorite is my pit walk. And I'm not going to do that until we, uh, until we make some changes there at AFT, but I'll get to that later. That's a whole nother story. So, um, so we, <laughs> right. we, we go from some, some good times to some, some very tough times all in the same year. Uh, you got hurt at Savannah and I'm going to go through this list of injuries. Cause I want to know it, it. Just, I want everybody to know how much of a badass you are to recover and to be still riding. Mm -hmm. So at Savannah, you broke your L1 vertebrae in your back, your right scapula, your left hand, three ribs, a traumatic brain injury that caused a stroke and paralyzed the right side of your body. So, um, all that happened, and I've heard through other people that and and read that you you don't remember that day. Do you remember your crash at all? So I I don't remember the crash, and I actually don't remember a few hours leading up to it. I remember um, I remember getting done with practice and being stoked, ready to go. I remember go, walking up to look at the heat race numbers, and and I remembered those for a long time, but. I don't remember what the heat race numbers are anymore. Although I do remember that Jeffrey Carver was riding a different bike and I think he was on number 57. Mm. And, um, and I remember that cause he was in my heat with me. So I was, I was super excited then too. I was like, I was like, man, this is crazy. I got a heat race lineup with Kenny Coolbeth and Jeffrey Carver. I was like, Holy crap. This is, this is insane, you know? So I went up and looked at my numbers and then I went to the concession stand and got some chicken strips and some fries. And, and then I don't remember anything until I'm on my way to Grand Rapids to go to Mary Freebed. Wow. And, and so, you know, we all went through that experience with you and then you leave the track and then the recovery process starts. So, how much of the recovery process do you remember? Was it, I mean, I know it had to been long and it looks like you've got most of your movement back and everything now, but uh, are you still in the recovery process and, and tell me about your recovery? Um, I'm not still in 
recovery process. Whoops, I didn't mean to hit any numbers there. <laughs> I um, I'm not in this in the recovery process anymore. I actually did my very last therapy session in March of 2019. I don't remember exactly what day, but I want to say March 18th or so. That was my very last therapy session that I did. And then after that, it was like, okay, well, it's just, um, you know, I've, I've still done therapy since because my perspective has kind of changed. You know, I know that I, um, you know, I was going to the gym and working out and whatever. So if I would notice a weakness or I would notice something, then I would really just target that and do specific things, you know, that would help that. I can't think of an exact example right now, but, um, but yeah, I went to, went straight to Mary Freebed right after I got out of the hospital in, in Savannah, Georgia. And I spent 30 days there, which I do remember, although my memory of the first, um, several months, I suppose is pretty spotty, but I do remember, uh, Mary Freebed, all those days there just seemed to kind of run together because they were all very, very much the same. So, um, so I spent 30 days there and then, uh, went home for Christmas and New Year's with my family. And then, um, we loaded up in the motorhome and went to Ocala, Florida to be with Johnny and his family for, uh, three months or 10 weeks, I guess it was. And, uh, did outpatient therapy in Gainesville, physical, occupational, and then speech therapy. I did um, for a few weeks there, but I don't think I did it the whole time that I was in Florida. And then, um, outside of that, I mean, man, we did, we did yoga at least once a week. We did, um, acupuncture. I did, um, all my at-home exercises and everything that the, um, therapist would tell me to do, you know, we, cause we were, we were living at the racetrack. So I was, a, was able to, use the, use the track to kind of, um, you know, know my distance or whatever. So I could kind of try to time myself for different things and, um, just use the elevation of the earth and the trails that we had. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of cool ways to, that we used to, um, recover. I mean, even grocery shopping, you know, it was the right side of my body. So I would, my, or I guess my mom would, she would, either hold my arm down or put it in my pocket. And then I would only be able to grab things with my right hand, you know? So that's, mm. there's a lot more that goes into that than it seems. Cause to grab something off the shelf, you got to be able to extend your arm. You got to be able to open your hand and then, you know, lift your, lift your arm up a little bit, which uses the muscles in your shoulder. And then you got to be able to grab. So grasping with that hand and then bringing it back and putting it in the cart. I mean, that's a lot more intricate than it really seems, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that have to, that have to be in motion for that to, to, for that to, you know, work effectively. And for, there was a lot of, a lot of times that the motions um, were not completed effectively. I would drop things or be very shaky and, you know, whatever else, but it was just all of that practice and all that time put into it that, you know, I have to tell people what happened to me now. And there for a long time, people knew from a mile away that something had happened. And, and if you see you now, like just looking at you and, and watching you now, it doesn't look like anything's ever happened. So you've, you've recovered so well. Yeah. I, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it's a, it's a good feeling. Cause I, I remember about a year after the accident, I got a job at a daycare close to home 
and I was in the baby room and I would be like playing with the kids or whatever. And, um, they, they would like look at me, like knew that something was wrong. Like, you know, cause I would still limp a little bit when I would walk or like my arm and hand and stuff still, you know, weren't, weren't operating, you know, a hundred percent properly and, or, um, you know, exact. So, so they could tell that like everything wasn't quite moving how it was supposed to. And I'll, I'll never forget. I had this one time with this little boy who was my absolute favorite and, um, I was playing with him, but I was really favoring my right side. Like I was just kind of using my right side to prop me up and then using my right arm to, you know, play with his, um, trucks and tractors and stuff. And, and he took the toy out of my left hand and put it in my right hand. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm just going to use this hand. And he he looked at me and he didn't talk yet, but he shook his head and he put it back in my right hand. And I was like, wow. Okay. Well, I guess I'll do some therapy here too. Yeah. (laughs) He's your new, he's your new therapist. You didn't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, come on, just cause we're at work doesn't mean we can't do therapy. And I was like, well, that's, you know, that's right. And then, and then I went home and, told my parents about it and and my mom and dad were like man you know that's that's crazy like he he uh, I don't know that if he you know I don't know if he knew like or could understand but I I feel like he had a sense of like hey something's wrong with that side and you need to work on it or something but my dad made the comment one day he was like honestly I think working at the daycare is pretty good for you right now because you know it's it's time that you're you just you're just playing with kids he's like you're you know you're learning how to use your right arm and your right hand again and he said in a way those kids are too so so it was a uh, it was pretty cool i guess that's amazing that you know the kids the kids sense things i guess because they can't communicate you know verbally at that age or whatever and and he he knew that something was wrong with you and he was just uh trying to help you out i think that's a great story um after after your recovery you went on to finish high school and you just recently graduated from the university of michigan in flint so congratulations on that what what did you study while you're in college thank you I studied um, health. I got my bachelor's degree in health sciences with a pre-occupational therapy concentration. So I did a couple of extra classes um, that are like guided towards the occupational therapy program. So, um, so that's what I did. I started off at Mott Community College um, in Flint and got my first two years done there. And then um, when I was transferring to U of M Flint, I wrote a, um, I wrote an essay and, um, applied for a, a, um, I can't, I think it's called the university scholar award. It was, a essay basically like, why will this, um, you know, why will this scholarship help you with your future and, you know, whatever, just basic scholarship stuff. And I, you know, wrote about it and told my story and told them what I was wanting to do with my degree. And I got a full ride scholarship to U of M. So my my last two years of school was paid for. That's amazing. That is so cool. And after school, uh, are you working right now? I've heard you had a job lined up as an occupational therapist. Is that what you're doing right now? Or are you focusing entirely on Morgan's Place? I was working at a um, therapy clinic um, in Clio. But um, middle of the summer, uh, early July, I got a job at a um, at a restaurant in Flushing, just about 20 minutes away. So I've been a server the last couple months, and that's been pretty uh, pretty interesting, actually. 
I was kind of iffy about getting started on it, you know, because I've never really carried trays or like past, you know, past food and drinks and stuff out like that to people. So I was worried. I was like, man, am I going to carry with my right and then pass everything with my left? Or am I going to carry with my left and then pass with my right? Because because I didn't want, well, you know, I didn't want my um, possible um in, in any sort of lingering, you know, effects from my injury, I didn't want that to be, you know, obvious to people or, you know, spill things or whatever. So, um, I was like, man, I don't really know what to do, but I was like, no, um, I, you know, that's my, that's my dominant hand. That's what I've been working towards. So, so I just do everything right-handed now. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I get a little shaky every now and then, and I'm kind of a klutz, so I have dropped some things, but, um, I can't really blame my injury on anything anymore. <laughs> That's good. That's so good to hear. So let's talk about yeah. Morgan's Place, and, and it's online at morgansplace.org. I follow you on Instagram. Um, tell me, give me an overview of what Morgan's Place is, and then we'll talk some more about some of your events that you got going on. Morgan's Place is an outpatient rehabilitation location for people. Um, to come to us either to stay, bring their, bring their motor home or bring, um, you know, any, something to stay in if they want to stay with us. Cause we're wanting to have it at a, um, we're not wanting, we're planning on, we will have it at a campground. Um, that way we have spots and hookups for people to be able to stay. And then as well as, um, park models or something, um, similar for people who don't have motor homes or anything like that. So that way they can still come and stay with us. And um, we're going to have occupational therapists and physical therapists that come out to the location a couple times a week and work with patients, um, kind of have them on a schedule, you know, whatever sort of therapy schedule that, you know, wouldn't, you know, normally have. And then um, just have, you know, weekly weekly um activities going i mean we want to have yoga we want to have a yoga instructor come out because i think that was super beneficial for me when i was going through my recovery and then um i want to have an anat van yell method therapist come out because that was something that i did at the end of my therapy and i think that it was really really beneficial for me it's not something um that's very well known but um it's the I think the entire the whole point of it is to reconnect the the body and the mind so they work you know in in sync with each other so that one was really beneficial for me it's kind of it's kind of like seems so I'm kind of rambling here I guess but um when I was going to the ABM therapist it's um it just seems like you're doing nothing because it's uh she would she would move my body how it's supposed to, like with correct biomechanics, like she would move everything in the, in the ways that it's supposed to move without me doing anything. So it's like, and in, in, it's like a, like subconsciously teaching your brain. It's like straight to your brain, teaching your brain how, how your body is supposed to move. So like I would be laying there and she would have my arm and she'd reach it up over my head and then she'd bend my elbow and then move it in all different directions while I'm doing nothing, no sort of resistance. That way my brain is learning, okay, this is how it's supposed to move. This is how your shoulder is supposed to, um, you know, forwards and backwards and side to side. And then she would do that, you know, with everything. And, and I, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. 
um, the first few weeks because I was like, man, I don't, I don't really do anything. Like I just lay there. She just kind of moves everything around for me. I, I actually would fall asleep during my sessions and I would try to keep myself awake. And, and she caught me one time. She was like, you know, you can fall asleep during this if you want to. She's like, this is mm. very exhausting for your brain. So, um, there's, there's, you know, no question why you're getting so sleepy. And I was like, well, how's it, how's it working if I'm asleep? And, and she said, because your brain is still awake, your brain is still working. Your brain is still feeling these motions. She's like, you're tired, but your brain is still, your brain's still learning. Even when you're asleep, I was like, Whoa. So, so that was pretty cool. I was going and doing that once a week. And, uh, when I first realized that it was, you know, that it was legit and like it was really good. It was really working for me was I went home. I drove home. I had about an hour or so drive home. And then I got home. I was standing in the driveway talking to my dad and the dog um, dropped a ball at my feet. So I picked it up with my right hand and just threw it. And I, that was the best I had thrown a softball since I had been hurt. I mean, it was just effortless and it was, you know, a pretty decent distance. Like my dad looked at me and he was like, did you just do that? And I was like, yeah, I did <laughs> all wow. on my own. He was like, man, that's crazy. Cause it was like, it was like a light switch difference. That's awesome. It sounds, it sounds like the dog might be part of the therapy too. I mean, maybe you might have to take the dog and play fetch with some of your, your people that are coming to Morgan's place in the future. Yeah. I, you know, I think that would be a great idea. Uh, have emotional support animals and just dogs to play with you know that's all therapy i mean that's that's the idea of morgan's place is just to have just to have somewhere for people to go and you know just worry about therapy you know we don't it's not gonna it's not like it'll be a requirement or anything you have to you know you have to camp here people can just drive in and and take advantage of everything that we have if they want to but a lot of people um who get out of you know, inpatient care, get out of the hospital after an injury. A lot of people don't have anywhere to go, especially if they're unable to work at the time, you know, not making any money. So we want to provide a place for people, you know, who need somewhere to land and be like, hey, come here and stay with, you know, come here, stay with us, get um, all kinds of different therapy opportunities and just work on work on getting back to getting back to work, or getting back to play, whatever it is that people um you know whatever it is that people want to be able to do again just come here and get some uh work on quality of life you know get, gain that again and it's not just for people that get hurt racing motorcycles it's it's for anybody right it's open to anybody that's had a, a, yeah. a serious injury right yeah yeah anybody any you know uh a car accident college athletes freak accidents just anything anybody Anybody who gets hurt and gets in the, you know, has a serious injury to recover from, you know, similar to mine. I mean, cause think I didn't, I didn't have to have any surgeries. I didn't have any casts or or anything like that. I mean, I had to have a brace for a while to hold my, um, that held the bottom of my foot up. So I didn't trip over myself when I would try to walk cause I had foot drop pretty bad for a while. And then I had a sling, but no sort of like, you know, um, direct, medical care that needed that I needed um or anything like that so so I just that's that's kind of what um going and staying with Johnny and his family was it was that was our that was kind of like the first Morgan's place it was just a a safe and healthy place to go and be able to do to do therapy and just work on recovery 
and just focus on that, just recovery, and you not have to worry about outside of you know other things going on around you. Uh, you have a couple of upcoming events. The first one that I found, or the next one I found, is the Baja Acres Monster Mash, October 30th and 31st. Obviously, it's it's for the Halloween weekend, and then the Flat Track Futures Fall Classic, which is Thanksgiving weekend, November 26th and 27th. So, what will you be doing at these two upcoming events? We will have the tent up just like we have, at, like we did at uh, Labor Day at CIMC and at Charlotte Canes Memorial Race this past weekend. We have a Morgan's Place tent up with a banner, and we have raffle items um, that you can buy tickets for, uh, T-shirts, 50-50s. Um, we pass out little information cards that have QR codes on them for people to go to the website. We're just, We're just kind of... Setting something up, giving people a logo to remember, and then just getting information out there, and then trying to make as you know, trying to make money that we can because we need to get rolling on, um, you know, trying to be able to buy a property so we can get so we can get everything up and running. That's awesome. Uh, you, you mentioned you were up at, at, at in Wisconsin last weekend at the Charlotte Canes Memorial Race. 19 ladies showed up just for the Charlotte Canes Memorial, the biggest class of the night. Uh, tell us, tell us how that event went in your opinion or your view as a female rider. It was so awesome. All I could think about while we were there was all of the times that Charlotte and I were the only race, only female racers at an event. I mean, I can't even, I can't even count how many times, you know, I had pulled in and the only other female that I had seen was Charlotte or, or maybe Molly Terry for a, for a while. Um, you know, but there was so many times that there was just so few girls there, especially racing. So to see 19 girls all sign up for the same class, you know, and especially in honor of Charlotte, it was, it was beautiful. And the racing was insane. They, they were, uh, the, the girls were really on a rail that night too. It was fun to watch. So Jess Reynolds took the win, and, and she's been winning a lot of the Steve Nace races. I think she's the real deal. Do you do you think she has a legitimate shot to go pro, and do you think she'll do good as a pro rider? Yeah, I think so. I think Jess has really got a lot of natural talent, and then I think she's um, I think she's learned a lot of style and a lot of um, gotten a lot of experience going to these different races and stuff too so i think she definitely has potential to be a successful successful racer did any of the other females uh, surprise you or stand out to you i mean i wasn't surprised but kaylee johnson was on a rail that um that night she's always been fast and she's always been a force to be reckoned with on the track so it was good to see her out there you know, riding and still doing well. I mean, she doesn't hardly race very much anymore either. So it's cool to see her still get out there and, um, and do well, you know, with time off like that. So I think it's, I think it's really cool to see. I think it's really cool to see all the girls still come and, um, blow off some steam on the racetrack. Yeah, they were from all over the place. I mean, Pennsylvania, California, Michigan, of course, you know, just 19 of them from all across the country. I think it was great. Uh, I love that Todd LeFever is keeping that going. The Charlotte Canes Memorial Race, it was the fifth running of it. Uh, back to Morgan's Place. If people want to to help out, make donations, buy raffle tickets, is it the best place to go is morgansplace.org? Morgansplace.org um, is definitely the best place to go, I think. There's links to buy raffle tickets and t-shirts on there and then um there's also links to the facebook instagram and youtube 
pages too. So, um, yeah, morgansplace.org is the best place to go to get links and get all the information you need about Morgan's okay. Place for sure. Awesome. Awesome. Do you follow AFT still or do you, do you keep up with what's going on in the pro circuit? Yes, I have a little bit. Um, the, you know, with all the rules and everything like that getting kind of hairy lately, I haven't really, I haven't really kept up this last year. Um, obviously I was paying attention with, um, with B Smith's last race at, mm-hmm. uh, at Springfield. So, um, but other than that, I haven't really, um, haven't really kept up with the pro stuff very much. Just what I see people post on social media and stuff. Gotcha. Who's who's going to win? Well, I, I'm going to ask this one before we get to rapid fire, just because this one popped up in my mind and Carter's mind. But who's going to win the championship? Is it, is it going to be Jared or is it going to be Briar? It's it's two points difference coming down to the the finale in Charlotte. Man, I don't Maybe know. Four. They're Maybe both they're both really good. Both super fast racers. Both um, both have the. I feel like they both have an equal chance at it. I think it's cool to see because I remember when I was. Um, when I was racing, you know, that first year that I went pro, I was working out with Nicole a lot. She was kind of my, my mentor, my trainer that, um, so I would be at their house working out and hanging out a lot and stuff. And, uh, Briar was there a lot that last year. So, um, he was working out with Jared and riding, they were going motocrossing and whatever. And, you know, he was just training with him. So I think it's really cool to see Briar, um, giving him a run for his money now. I think that's cool. Absolutely. So it's time for Graham's question, and and Graham's a huge fan of yours, and she's been following you for years. Uh, she follows you close and loves that you're getting involved with mentoring girl riders. So she wants to know what has inspired you the most to seek out other riders to be a role model. Um, I just think um, I think that advice to a female racer from another female racer is the most valuable. I mean, I remember. Um, I remember my first idol was Molly Terry and I would, you know, I got my 85 from her when she moved up to two fifties and I would always, um, ask her what, you know, what was up with the track and what I should do and get advice from her. And I would talk to Charlotte and do the same. And then as I, you know, got into the pros, I talked to Nicole about a lot of that stuff. So, you know, advice from guys is, is all right because they're successful, you know, at the racing too, but they're not racing as a woman. So it's, it's, it's different. So hearing advice and, and just having any sort of words of encouragement or anything like that from another woman who's been successful, I think always, always stood out to me. So I just want to kind of be somebody, I just want to kind of be somebody for somebody else. (laughs) I love that. I love that answer. I'm sure Graham will too. So it's time for our rapid fire questions. So you tell me the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions. Are you ready? Okay. What's your favorite bike you've ever ridden? My 450, I would have to say. Um, we've been through a lot together, so I would have to give that one to my 450. <laughs> okay, all right. What's your favorite racetrack? When I was an amateur, my favorite was Petersburg Half Mile in Illinois. It was the only, it was the only dirt half mile that we had, and one corner was extremely square. But that was my, I loved that track. I, uh, okay. I just liked the dirt half miles like that. I always. I always think of that track. And then um, probably Greenville Half Mile, too. I always had a lot of fun there. Cool. Who's your uh, favorite flat tracker of all time? Nicole. Nicole Chezza. Nicole Chezza Mies. She's always been my favorite. 
That's awesome. I think that's the first time we've heard that answer, and I love that. Who's the next female to win an AFT race besides Shayna? Next female to win an AFT race? Mm-hmm. Mm, probably, uh, probably Jess Reynolds when she gets to that point. I really think that that girl will be a force to be reckoned with on short tracks, CTs for sure. Um, I, I think she'll be. I think she'll be a force to be reckoned with all around. I agree. I agree with you on that one. Who's your uh, favorite person to go bench racing with? Favorite person to go bench racing with would have to be Mark Dennert for sure. Who? I don't. I've heard the name. Who is he? He's from um, Michigan. We actually met him at Lucky Thumb a few years ago. I can't remember like where he, where he came from, like how he got into the mix of all of us that night. I don't know. But um, he's just cool. The way that he tells stories and the, the amount of stories and the experience and just everything that he says just kind of leaves you hanging on a word. So I just like I definitely especially like bench racing with him. That's awesome. I, I love that answer, too. So this last question we borrow from Dave Despain. But what are you most proud of? What am I most proud of? Um, I would have to say... Um, in the racing days, for sure, was um, the race at Charlotte. That was my favorite. That was one. That was the most thing I was most proud of when I was racing. And then uh, since then, the thing I'm most proud of about myself is just the ability to bounce back. Life throws so many different curves and sends you off a cliff sometimes, and you just still have to figure out what you're going to do. So I think uh, I think I've been pretty bouncy when it comes to life. So. <laughs> That's great. I, I'm proud of you. How about that? I'm gonna. I'll go with that one. Mm, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Before we let you go, would you like to say thanks to anybody? Oh, I just want to say thanks to my family for always being there, pushing me to be my best. My brother for always being um, one call away. My parents for always being on the line when I need them. Just, I just want to. Just my, just my family. My brother everybody that i have in my life i just want to say thank you for getting me getting me to where i am and how far we'll go well that's awesome thank you so much for your time good luck with morgan's place and uh, our listeners will uh, will try to get as many people to go check it out at morgansplace.org as possible and again thank you so much for your time i'm very proud of you uh you're you're awesome to watch on the racetrack and you sound like you're doing so well so i'm i'm, I'm proud of you and again thanks for coming on the podcast Thanks for having me, Scotty. It was so good to hear your voice again. So good to hear Morgan Monroe again, man. So good to hear. Uh, hell of an episode. She sounded so upbeat, so happy, and that's the that's the girl that I knew before she got hurt. I haven't seen her for such a long time, so it, it's good that she's recovering, still on the recovery. It's good that she got to ride a motorcycle not too long ago and race. And I like her new project, Morgan's Place. Please go check it out. If you can, donate to help her out with her vision. Her new project is pretty cool. Yeah, morgansplace.org. Go check it out, guys. It's a great deal. Um, and I look forward to seeing what she does with this. It's going to be really cool to see where she's at in about a year or two or three or five or ten or fifty. Exactly. All right, man. Well, that's a wrap for 201. 201 in the can, dude. Anything else before we shut her down? I just, I can't wait for Charlotte. Is it here yet? Not yet. Please. Not yet. Please. Not yet. Almost. Not yet. Almost. Close. Please. Not yet. Bring it on. 
What are you doing this weekend? You didn't even tell me what you're doing this weekend. I'm gonna be in Charlotte, dude. I'm 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 actually gonna be in Charlotte. I'm gonna go maybe hang you're out. You're going a, a you're going a week early just to save your seat or what? Go see family, do all that stuff, man. Yeah, it's a good. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Amarillo by morning, and uh, do some enduro cross. Nice. Enjoy that, bro. I'll see you in Charlotte. Yeah. Call me when you get into town. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Smash the like button. Tell all your friends. It's episode 201 in the can. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace. Later. Okay, we're going live. We're live. No way. Yeah, that did, we didn't do any intro music or anything this time. I know. Where's the music at? I was like, where's that? Hold on. Boom. There you go. Now it's normal. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. <laughs>